BMW. The 77%. Hey everyone, you are listening to the 77% on DW, Germany's international broadcaster. We are coming to you live from Bonn, Germany. My name is Mimi Mifu and I am your host for today. Just at the time when some African countries are mapping plans to ease COVID-19 lockdown measures, it was announced that more than 1 million people on the continent have been infected by the virus. In Nigeria, which has the highest number of infections in West Africa, citizens say the government was not proactive. When we locked down was too early, we should have probably locked down around May, June. But it seems government's management of the health crisis is not the only reason behind the surge. Some young people in Rwanda, for instance, say the pandemic is on the rise because of the mindset. Some of them, like in some village, citizens still are confused. Then I don't really understand what is this pandemic? Is it real? What are the coronavirus safety guidelines your country is putting in place? Have these measures curbed infection rates so far? What can African youths do to assist their governments fight the pandemic? Please share your thoughts on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Wahao, the organization's regional director for Africa, Dr. Mashidiso Moiti, has predicted doom days ahead for Africa. The continent's confirmed coronavirus cases have surpassed 1 million, but health experts say infection rates could likely be higher than official figures suggest. In South Africa and Nigeria, which are Africa's first and third hardest hit respectively, citizens think their leaders mishandled the coronavirus crisis. Let's hear from Nigerians who think that the government did not implement lockdown measures on time. Government is not doing anything to protect anybody. They just keep on going out there to say what we're supposed to do and things are not really put in place to, to show us what to do. You tell me that I shouldn't go out. You see police people that are supposed to enforce us not to go out, encouraging people to go out, and government is not doing anything about it. We're reaching the peak in August, and we're opening in August. So I don't think, when we locked down was too early, we should have probably locked down around May, June. There's no enough enlightenment, no provision for PPEs, as they call it. At least, government should be provide some PPEs for people. Not everybody can afford it. No palliative, especially the lockdown, was not that effective. That's why they couldn't lock down again. Now that we're having a huge number in the number of people that are affected with COVID-19. So government is not doing enough. What can we do? We are used to the system. Some youths in Nigeria, they're reacting. 
And because youth in some parts of Africa think their leaders are taking contradictory decisions, they have devised other ways to keep themselves protected. Well, I'm trying to maintain social distance, wear my mask, wash my hands and use sanitizer and uh, pass the message to others too so they can do the same, so that we all stay safe. I don't go out and stay in my house. I only come to work. When I come to work, I observe social distancing. I have the sanitizer in front of me. I have my face mask. So I don't go out except if it's necessary to go out. We really cannot say whether the numbers are being forged or they are real. We only come to the office. I don't go to where there is large gathering. From Nigeria, we head to Rwanda, where young people have the highest infection rates, according to health authorities. Let's hear from one of the youths who says some young people are in constant denial. Most youths are caused by mindset of some of them. Like in some village, citizens still are confused due to lack of information, are very confused whether this pandemic is real or, or is not real. So to that, they always convinced inside themselves, even among others. And some of our youth, our young, are listening radios, are watching TV. So globally, the people wondered, even they started, there are some rumors which says this pandemic, it's attack on those old, the old. This pandemic is not on one side, it's for all cities and for all age. When you look at uh, the rate at which uh, the youth within the age bracket of 20 and uh, 30, I would say most of them are, are the ones who are looking forward to still enjoying by going out to not taking good care, like putting on masks. When it comes to, say, like partying, house parties, you find most of them are involved into these kind of things and uh, there are no caution measures that are being taken into consideration. You are listening to the 77% show. On this platform, African youths are given the voice. Today's topic is COVID-19 and prevention. Talking about prevention, the Africa Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, has recommended the wearing of masks. On Facebook, we asked to know if these measures, including lockdown, could reduce infection rates. Mabane Ibi, for instance, says, did Africa have a CDC? Yes, of course, Mabane. Africa has a Center for Disease Control, which was founded in 2017. Its mandate is to support the public health initiatives of the AU member states and strengthen the capacities of their health institutions. Visiaba, on the other hand, says that the right thing to do is proper wearing of masks. 
Well, we appreciate all your comments. As you continue to share your thoughts on Facebook, we take you to South Africa, which is the continent's epicenter for the coronavirus pandemic. DW's Tuzo Kumalo is going to talk to some young people about the surge and ways to prevent themselves. You will not want to miss this segment of the program. Greetings to you, Africa. This is Tuso Kumalo in Johannesburg. In our segment today, we are looking at the rising number of COVID-19 infections in Africa. Africa has broken the 1 million mark and this has left many people frustrated. To discuss what these numbers mean and what can be done, I have three young panelists and I'll ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Ketsaba Klimtsetwa and I am a student at the University of Johannesburg in my fourth year studying education. Hi, my name is Asanda Sichomo and I'm a second year LLP student at the University of Johannesburg. Hi, my name is Lita Vuke. I'm a second year student doing accounting at the University of Johannesburg. Let me start with you, Ketsaba Your reaction to the numbers over a million now. Honestly, I think that we could have reacted faster. I think the reaction is really slow, so much so that people actually went home after coronavirus was in, like people went from one province to the other. So obviously, if I am in Joburg and I was affected and I go down to a small town like Newcastle, the chances of me spreading this virus is higher. And on top of that, we were all using public transport and things of that sort. I think we were supposed to ban interprovincial uh, travels very early. So the reaction was very late, in my opinion. Nasanda, are you frustrated by the numbers? Do you feel fearful? What's your feeling? Well, I am fearful because, first of all, I blame this to all the superiors, our office bearers, of which they could have acted earlier to this pandemic, well, including the corruption that was involved. Rita, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with my counterparts. I mean, the numbers are scary, like checking over 1 million right now cases and as it is known, 22,000 deaths. So it definitely is a scary number and it's yeah it's a it's a problem indeed and as they've mentioned i think we had a very poor system in policy making so that we could prevent the numbers from getting even worse what exactly do say they are doing wrong in africa what is africa doing wrong why are we here I think as much as I know it would really harm the economy to put everything to a halt I think it is necessary in this case Asanda, what are you doing in your space to try and correct things? They made mistakes and we are here at one million. What are you doing in your space to try and make sure it doesn't go worse than this? Well, as advised by our superiors that sanitizers, bathing of hands for 20 seconds, it's all that that I'm doing at the moment and staying in my room, that's all I'm doing to keep safe. And later, there are accusations that the youth of Africa is spreading this virus. We have seen videos from Kenya, from here in South Africa, partying like there's, there's nothing called coronavirus. What do you say to that? <laughs> you are also, you guys, spreading. I think, yeah, definitely at this time, we cannot even take defense against that. The youth may be really spreading the coronavirus. And of course, at some degree, it comes with negligence. Certain people still do not believe that the thing is out there or those who do, do not believe that it is detrimental as it is said to be. Um, I think even governments and our policymakers, again, as Kata had said, need to be serious and be consistent with their policies. So 
If the government tells people it's fine to go to malls, if the government tells people it's fine to go to school, then the next question I have is why can I not go and meet up with my friends? If people at church can go and be 50, then it means if I'm with 20 of my friends, it's okay. So you see the inconsistency in those policy making then, you know, result to all of this. And um, one problem how the youth spread is uh, dating, the dating culture that you have to meet your boyfriend who stays somewhere you don't know. And have you guys stopped dating? Have you stopped kissing? Because it's part of that. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's important. If you can't see your friends, then you obviously can't see your partner. It's very important to, like, keep your distance. And until this whole thing is over, I mean, we're sacrificing being with our families. I mean, that's a big enough sacrifice. Like, I could be home. So I don't think I'd want to get corona from a boy than to get it from, like, my mom or whoever at home. Yeah, so... Do you agree, Lita? Not quite, not quite. Okay, of course, I think, I mean, as she puts it, it's obviously, you know, if you put it on pros and cons scale, you know, if you sacrifice meeting with family, definitely you must be able to sacrifice meeting with Bay or whatsoever. But again, to the point, I think the problem is this thing of, look, if I can just contract it from somebody that I meet on the street or it's past someone who is going to buy bread, why should I, you know, harm myself or prevent myself the opportunity to meet with Bay? You know, and of course, it's quite a lonely time right now. People are not in the streets and everything. So the closest person that you can be with, you just try your best to be. Not to say that I meet with her, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Asand, your advice to the youth, if you were to advise the youth of Africa, the numbers are frustrating. What would you say? Well, not much of an advice, but a suggestion that as much as we're facing the current pandemic as Africa, I believe the youth should try as much as possible to listen to the superiors, even though our superiors at the moment are being, not that I'm insulting them, but they're neglecting this issue. All of it. For example, if you look at our basic education minister, Mama Angie Madzimutsecha, you can't expect children of three to six years of age to go back to school. Those kids still depend on their parents for instruction. If Tabo gave his friends a mask, already Tabo has corona, you know. So I believe that the youth needs to be put to the stand. And those that are in control at the moment are supposed to step down. Their time has expired. Ketawal, the politicians that are there, he says, too old, too ignorant, they should step down. What's your advice to them? Firstly, I'd have to disagree a bit. I disagree because it's hard to put everything to a halt. As much as we might really want it and as much as we might really need it, it's hard to put everything to a halt. I understand what he's saying by saying that maybe the the younger kids shouldn't be going to school, but I don't think that everyone should not be going to school as a whole. Because as much as there's corona, there's... And I'm not saying this is going to be over in a day or two, but there will be life after. So if we are saying we are going to put everything to a halt, Sanjay, and nothing is going to continue, then we're not thinking long term. We're thinking short term. You're thinking now, I should be home right now. I shouldn't be going anywhere. I shouldn't be doing the school thing. But long term, what happens? What happens if we stop going to school? What happens if teachers stop teaching? Do they still get paid? What about their families? What about the people that have lost jobs? So there's a lot to take into account. It's not as easy as just saying, let's just stop everything, guys. Let's relax. It it doesn't work that way. What about the people who are supposed to graduate? Lita, she's kind of saying we're between a stone and a rock. 
Yeah, yeah. How do we stop the numbers from growing? Before I answer that question, just to, you know, emphasize again, it could not be better, Sage, you put it, because, you know, the problem about this is, I think, the people who are in power, hierarchically up until the president, they are really between a hard place and a rock because it's not just about the coronavirus, but there are a lot of things at stake, man. We have to save, you know, the academic year, there's unemployment and all of those issues going around. So you now have to decide whether do you let people die of starvation and hunger, which is the economic situation in South Africa in some certain places, or do you let people die of corona and all of those things? So, you know, you get now to have to decide through those lines. We need to just do away with some things and make sure that we are being strict on the things that we are allowed to do. Make sure that people are being policed, whether it's at funerals and things like that, that we make sure that social distancing is in place and people are wearing their masks and not let people just do their own thing because with some people they won't take it seriously until it happens to them so i think we just need to rethink some of the policies and then just be strict on the things that we have put in place already what a rich panel and debate from south africa i learned a great deal and hope you all found it insightful thank you to zo and all the panelists hope you are keeping safe out there That's all we had time for on this week's 77% show. You can listen to this program and previous editions by visiting dw.com forward slash Africa. For more content on the 77%, please check out our YouTube videos on DW Africa 77%. On behalf of the whole team that made this show possible, we appreciate that you tuned in. My name is Mimi Mifo. Bye for now.